Welcome to the Super Expander Podcast. My name is Corrine Phelps, your host. I'm a business and growth coach, money mindset expert, and a multi-passionate entrepreneur. My journey has taken me all over from working in finance to owning a boutique fitness studio. I found myself burnt out, miserable, and questioning everything. Saying things to myself like, there's got to be more to life than this. Refusing to settle for a mediocre existence, I went all in, learning how to harness untapped potential and rewire the subconscious mind to create an extraordinary life. The last 10 years have been a crash course in self-love, building a business, creating community, building wealth, and doing what it takes to just freaking go for it. My mission is to help you align to your purpose, Rewire your subconscious to support your big dreams and vision and create a life that you're absolutely obsessed with. So sit back, tune in, and prepare to expand. Sophia Parr is a social media strategist with a proven record for increasing a brand's following, engagement, and reach. Her clients have tripled their attendance to their free events, gone from 800 followers to 50K followers, increased opportunities for podcasts, magazines, and even TV features. They've also had six-figure launches from direct messages. She's also the host of the podcast Marketing Unfiltered and the creator of What the Heck to Post, where she helps members get strategic with their online presence so that they can build their go-to coach factor and was recently seen talking DM strategy in Forbes. I cannot wait to share Sophia with you. She is a second time super expander podcast guest. She is a true veteran and a dear friend. Hello. Welcome back to the Super Expander Podcast, guys. I'm so excited. And I feel like for so, so many reasons. First of all, I have here today just someone who literally lights up my heart and my soul. I look forward to speaking with her every single time I have the opportunity. She makes me smile. So I'm just going to dive in and share her with you. Welcome back, a veteran to the Super Expander podcast, Sophia Para. Hello. I cannot. I'm so excited that I'm back. I feel so honored to be your first know, guest back. I <laughs> well, I mean, I'm sitting over here celebrating because yes, I get to, to have this conversation with you and, and I get to spend some time with you, which is always just such a delight and such a pleasure. But I'm also secretly celebrating because we were, before we hit record, I was like, I think this is the sign when your podcast has actually made it when you start having veterans, like a second time <laughs> guest back to to the, to the podcast. And A, it also means that like, if I'm asking you to come back, you're like literally one of my most favorite people on the planet. So we already know this conversation is going to be amazing. So let's kind of just dive straight in. We're not even, you know, we don't have to go deep because everybody, if, if you need to go deep and you don't know about Sophia, you got to go back and listen to the first podcast. So I'll drop that in the show notes to make it super easy. So you don't have to like scroll back um, to get up to speed, but let's, let's kind of just like catch up. Give me an update on all the things in your world? Oh my gosh. Well, the, I think the most important thing is when we had this, that first episode, which if I remember correctly, was your first episode, right? Wasn't it? Was it was my like first episode with a guest, right? So, you know, we have those like couple to, that build the foundation to tell everybody what the podcast is about. And then, then you were my very first guest and here we are. Oh my gosh. Well, I remember being so honored to be your first guest. And I also remember, I can't remember if it was in our pre-call or on the actual episode, but I, I was like, I shared something that I hadn't really shared with a lot of people. And that was that I secretly wanted 
to have a podcast and I had no plans for it. It wasn't anything like that, but just a little quick backstory. I had been draining myself with an agency for years. Like I had this social media marketing agency where I was helping six, multiple six figure and seven figure coaches dominate online. We had, I mean, an incredible time. I loved my clients. I also in this way, loved my business, but it was not good for me. You know, it was like a toxic relationship in a lot of ways. I had horrible boundaries. I felt really stuck. I missed my husband, uh, who I never saw. I was, I got to one point working 21 hours a day. It was like, I have absolutely no boundaries. And I was learning a lot about myself and my habits and all these things. So when that, we were on our episode, I think I had just officially closed down my agency, or I was about to, like, I was like in the last month or something like that. And it was such a big emotional deal for me, right? Because it's like, you invest all your time and your love in this thing. It becomes your baby and you decide to shut it down and you know, it's the good, a good thing. You know, it's what's supposed to happen, but you still mourn it. It's like, it's this weird feeling where you're like, oh, thank God. But then you cry for three months about it. And you're like, what is wrong with me? Like, I wanted this. This was a good thing. But that is seriously what happened. I was mourning the loss of this business, even though I knew it was what I needed to do. And in that process, I suddenly rediscovered all these things that I had put on the back burner that I wanted so desperately to do that I was so excited to do. And one of them was have a podcast. And it was one of those things where it's like, I'm never going to like, that's never going to be me. I don't have time. Like that would be my joy, but I don't say yes to my joy. Right. And so I was like stuck in this cycle. So from that, since your last episode, I have been on a mission of really being aware of the things that make me happy and making an effort to say yes to them more than I say no to them. Obviously there's sometimes things where it's just not the right time, but I'd be really like learning is this really a not the right time thing? Or am I just creating stories in my head that it's not the right time and not making shit happen, right? So the podcast is one of those things that I was just always pushing away, pushing away and saying it's not for me. And then I was like, fuck this shit. <laughs> like, like I want to do this. So I'm on my third month of my podcast, Marketing Unfiltered. And it's literally like just saying the name, just put shivers up my spine. It's like one of my favorite things to do. So of all the updates I could give you, which I'm, it's been a year. So there's, I'm sure many more, that is by far the most exciting thing. And it's pretty much because of you being like, you're going to come back here in one year and we are going to get an update on where you are with that podcast. And here we are three months here in. Here we <laughs> are. I know. I remember you, you saying, I, I want to start a podcast. And then I remember continuously. I'm like, so yeah, give, give me an update. Uh, Hey, what's going on with that? Where, where are we with that podcast? <laughs> Yeah. I'm so glad you did because it's one of those things where it's so scary to tell people what you want to do because it's like, now people are aware of it and like, now they can check in on it or they can be like, I thought you said you want to do this, like call you out on the stuff that you're not doing. And so it was, it's always scary sharing those things, but it's also so effective. Do you know what I mean? Cause now you feel like you've got to really follow through on them. So, so thank you for giving me those gentle, loving pushes. <laughs> you, you got put on, you put it on notice and had to make it happen. I love that. All right. So let's talk about marketing unfiltered then because it's out in the world. It's this three month old baby, which I, it's the best podcast. It's so much fun. So many amazing guests you have had on there already. And so, so let's talk about it. what's your favorite thing about podcasting? 
Um, I actually, I love speaking to the guests. I mean, and you've been on as well to, at, at, on Marketing Unfiltered. And like, I think it's one of, well, first of all, I decided to do it a little bit differently than a typical business podcast. Like it is a business podcast. We talk about business growth and strategies. It's a super tangible, like you're going to learn something by listening type of podcast. It's not just a conversation. It's very much like, all right, step one to doing this, step two, step three, et cetera. So it's very much like you will learn something. However, I really wanted to balance that with making it kind of like what I describe as like a, a pop culture type of podcast. Like, I don't know if anyone on here listens to pop culture podcasts, but I'm borderline obsessed with them. I love celebrity gossip. I love like those stupid games that they play. Like, I just can't get enough of it. I just started listening to this new one about the Royal family, which I'm not even into, but I was like, I've got to learn about the Royal family for some reason, you know, like it's like gives me a break from business life. Right. And so I wanted to get a podcast that was kind of a mix of that. So we, I read, like I create everyone's bios because on pop culture podcasts, again, I don't know if anyone's into these, but the bios are very much like funny and like, you know, it's usually about the experience that the host has with the person. It's not a true bio with a resume and stuff like that. It's more like funny stuff about how their dog has like a funny tongue hanging out of his mouth or whatever. So I write everyone's bios to kind of match that vibe, that more pop culture vibe. We also play drinking games on it and also not drinking games, but just normal games. They're all marketing inspired or business inspired, but they are games and we have very much like a, I don't know, like more of a fun, like sometimes we talk about like random shows we're watching and it's a very nice mix of business, tangible strategy and just like shooting the shit. So, <laughs> so much fun. Yeah. And I love it because it's like people, you know, we just had Kate, Kate Northrup on and what I like about this way is it usually shows kind of a different side of someone. You know what I mean? It's like, that's not typically what you hear from them on podcasts, right? So not always, sometimes some, a guest isn't into that, but we, it allows us to get kind of have a mix of personal and business stuff. So, so yeah, that, I think that's my favorite part, like being able to ask what I've always wanted to ask someone, you know, and it's like, I've never had the right vibe or place or, you know, time. And then it's like, I can just, I can truly have the conversation I want to have over a glass of wine with like some of the people I admire most. So yeah, I have to say that's my favorite part. Oh my gosh. That's so much fun. It's kind of like a, what is that question that they ask you? Like if you were going to have a dinner, if you could have like five people at a dinner party yes. or something, yes, <laughs> you, get, and I, you kind of like made your podcast. Oh my gosh. That is a hundred percent accurate. It is literally like Sophia's girls night out. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Dream girls night out. <laughs> oh my goodness. So, so much fun. I mean, and if you can't have fun while you're doing something, then like, there's really not, I don't know, I think there's, how much, how much of a point is there to it? Yeah. And that's something that I'm learning, right? Cause like, as I started, when we started this conversation, I went for years of just being like, this is what I need to do. This is what I should do. This is what it looks like to be successful. This is blah, blah, blah. And now I am finding myself really making an effort and I, and I'm not going to lie. I slip, slip, like fall back into old habits all the time. Like this is an ongoing process, but I'm really making a concerted effort to question every time I tell myself something like that, you know, and really be like, okay, wait a second. I just told myself that this is what it should look like. Why do I think that? Where is that coming from? Like, is that really true? You know, like really asking myself those questions and trying to rewire 
kind of like my initial reaction to most of the things, because so often I just have noticed that I am so stuck in these weird thought patterns and habits that are so random and don't necessarily, or they're probably not random. I'm sure they're from, you know, growing up a certain way. I can, we could dive into that forever. However, they're not relevant to where I am today. And it's just so interesting what we get stuck in and how much we have to really bring awareness to those things to get out of it. So that's really yes. what I'm trying to do. The the big word there is awareness. I love that. I also love the fact that you're kind of focused now really on more actually choosing joy in yeah. in your life. So let, let's talk about the ratio. How often are we choosing joy? That's such a good question. Um, you know, I try I want to say that for right now, so for example, right now I'm in the process of, I hired someone brand new who cost way more money than I was comfortable paying. (laughs) And the reason I did is because her specialty was all the things I didn't like to do. So she has been in my world, my business for maybe six weeks, right? And as like, it is a process of giving her like truly fully offboarding the shit I hate. I I don't think a hundred percent of the stuff that I do every day is going to be only stuff that like lights my soul on fire. Maybe one day, I hope so, but I don't think that's going to happen right away. But I am in the process of of having a plan for that, right? To truly say, okay, in this amount of time, this is what I want things to look like because this is going to get me so freaking jazzed in that, like from now until that point, I have to be patient with my, with my new person. Who's amazing. Who's literally like, like lighting my day on fire because she's so excited about the stuff I can't stand, but it's like, she cannot take all of it off my plate in one day. It is going to be bit by bit. It's probably going to take months for her to get to the place that I, that I want us to get to where I'm not doing that crap. Then I can only, like, I know, cause I've done this for a long time, you know, getting, fixing one problem, like puts you into a different level. And then you're introduced to things that you're not even aware of that you're not going to love hundred percent of it. Right. And then when it gets to that point, I will I will address that then, put a plan in place step by step. But I think as long as I'm consciously trying to look at it that way, like it's not that I only do the things that I love doing every single day. If that were the case, like, I mean, I I, I posted something on Instagram story like years ago that everyone really reacted to. I was like, if all I did was the things that sparked that sparked joy, I would be on the side of the road with my Nespresso machine and my dogs. Like, that's it. like, <laughs> <laughs> And even though like, I'm, I'm just joking. And also everyone was really mad that I didn't mention my husband. Yes. He also brings me joy. He would have been there too, (laughs) but like, it's, I'm not trying to be, it's not even an effort to be extreme where it's like, I will not do anything that makes me happy. However, I am consciously trying to always be working towards, towards that, you know? And I think that it, for, so for that, to answer your question, 100% of the time, I am aware of what is not bringing me joy and what is bringing me joy so that I know where to delegate. I know what to be working on. But I think if I really look at my day at the moment, it's 70% joy and 30% the shit that is just necessary shit that I'm working on and that I will be delegating and, and 
you know, creating processes for down, down the, in the future. Does that answer your question? Yeah. And you know what? I feel, I actually feel like that's a pretty mind blowingly amazing ratio. I like the way that you spoke about it. I think that the hundred percent anything is actually a delusional, a delusional thought. I also think that that 30% or whatever percentage, maybe even you're working towards, maybe you're, maybe you're looking for like a 25 or maybe a, even like a hitting that 10% where you're doing 10% things that you really don't bring you joy. But I, I think that that probably keeps your finger on a pulse in your business in a certain sense, right? I also think that there's that something to be said for the being able to walk with the duality and the polarity of things. Because if you were only always experiencing joy, you wouldn't then even know that you were experiencing joy because the doing the things that either, not, the, not to say that the, because 30% doesn't mean that you're not in joy. It just maybe it's, 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 I don't even know if that has to be the extreme opposite, but it does give you a deep appreciation for the things that do bring you joy, right? So much. Yes. I so agree with that. And I also think it's, you know, what I've also realized is there's certain things that I, if I have them in my day, I can pretty much manage the things that don't quote unquote, bring me joy and not feel resentful of them. For example, one of the reasons why shit was so hard for me before and why I was felt stuck in shit that was not making me happy was because I was working 21 hours a day. I wasn't seeing my husband. I wasn't working out. I wasn't ending my day on the couch watching like Love Island or some crappy reality show with my husband eating hobnobs, which is like what we do now. And I love it. And I wasn't doing any of those things. So it was like, a lot of the things that I thought were making me miserable, it wasn't actually the thing that was making me miserable. It's that my life was so unbalanced that I was resentful of everything I was doing because it was in my brain, it was keeping me from the stuff that was bringing bring me joy. So now what I realize is, and again, I'm not perfect at this. This is still a work in progress, but there are certain things that if I can do them every single day, the, the stuff that doesn't quote unquote, bring me joy doesn't feel so bad. Do you know what I mean? Like it actually feels fine. I can get through it just fine. And I don't feel crappy about my business. I don't feel crappy about any of those things. And for me, it's like, I have got to move my body. Like I have got to work out. Um, I take this boxing class down the road, which I have not done boxing in three years. I used to do boxing four or five times a week. Haven't done it since pre COVID. Um, and I didn't realize how much I missed it. And so just incorporating that one class, it's been a week since I found this class, uh, just incorporating that one class in my schedule again, I can't even describe how much better I feel just because I have this like one place where I'm punching a bag and there's loud music. And it's just like all the stuff I love about a workout, right? Just adding that has meant that I can approach the workday with so much more balance and, you know, that feel good energy, even when I'm doing the stuff that meh, not my favorite thing to do. So I think that's also like an important thing to note. Sometimes it's not the thing. It's actually like how, or if you are balancing the thing, I hope that. Oh like, my gosh. Sense. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, let, there, there are some like core things that as, as human beings, as adults that we forget like, first of all, you, you know, we send our, like, we send kids outside to play because they need to move their bodies every day. Like they go to school and they get recess when they're, especially when they're smaller, they're tw twice a day. Right. And, and we make sure that they eat breakfast and, and lunch, and you make sure that they get, you know, play dates and time with their friends. But then we 
when we become adults, we forget these like core human needs from making sure you go to bed and get enough rest to getting outside, breathing fresh air, moving your body, eating food that makes you feel good and spending time. Because as human beings, we are uh, we're, we're wired to be communal type of people. So making sure that you're connecting with other human beings before we enter into these things, these demands that we have upon ourselves inside of work. And when we feel these, these just kind of like core, core needs, it's amazing what happens. I know it really is. It's like life-changing. <laughs> I know you're like, whoa, how did, how did I not, how did I not make this connection? I, I was only sleeping four hours a day yet. I was really on the struggle bus with everything. I hated everything. I was, I was annoyed. I was mad. I was angry. I was, you know, short on temper and all the things yet I was not sleeping. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. And it's interesting being married to someone who's so the opposite of me. Like I can fall into this like workaholic habit you know, where all I am doing is thinking about work and I can't turn off and I want to check my email at 11 PM. And I, like, I, I, it, that is so ingrained in me. I think from watching my, my dad live that way. My dad was a definite workaholic. Um, but my husband, so the opposite, he had a, his father, and this is not to say his parents were better or worse than my parents. It was just like very different upbringing, but his father, um, sold his business at 40, made a ton of money from it and basically supported his family, his, like retired at 40, you know, and just like supported my, my husband. And so he has such a great sense of work-life balance because he saw his, well, I, I, I mean, it's funny, not work-life balance because he never had parents that worked, right? <laughs> they just like, they like lived off of this, what they, how, what, how much money they sold their business for, for like 20 years. Right. So he, has the opposite where he's struggled sometimes committing, not anymore. This was before committing to a job, right? Because it was like, he didn't necessarily see that, you know, like there wasn't a lot of examples for that. So, but he was great at taking care of himself and being healthy and, and going after what he was passionate about. And now his passion is his job. He's a Peloton instructor. So it's like, I watched him really take care of himself and focus on his joy since the day I met him and he's watched me really struggle of coming to that and finding that balance. And so it's so, it's just it, like, it's great having this reminder, right? That like, just because this is all I have known, there is so much that's possible around us just based off of what I see, how other people have built their business, how other people have built their life, right? The, what I know doesn't mean it's the only way, right? So mm -hmm. it's a constant reminder to challenge those beliefs, because if this was the only way everyone would be just like my experience, they would all be experiencing this, but apparently they're not. <laughs> so I have to if this is not making me feel whole, like a whole balanced human, I have to challenge the beliefs that I've got because otherwise I will forever be stuck. Oh my gosh. 100%. I also love that. That's like the, um, you guys compliment each other, right? So you, your way of being, I'm sure challenges and inspires him in his, his job and going after his, his career and his passion and his way of being completely anchors you back into, you know, rest, rejuvenation, and really finding the things that, that bring you joy. So I, I love, I love that for you guys. Oh, thank you. I think you're right about that. I do feel like we really do 
not to get emotional or anything like that, but like we do really compliment each other. Like I do feel like we're a great fit and I feel fortunate to, to find, you know, to find someone like that, who, um, that I do feel like we bring out good parts of one another, you know, but I also should add, like we've been together for 13 years and we grew into that couple. Like there was definitely like that beginning part where first of all, we met when we were like 21. So we were different people back then, but like, it's interesting to see how we have grown because there were some moments there where it's like, we could have totally like decided to go different ways because we were like very different people, but but we did it. So <laughs> we worked it out and here we are. And I feel very fortunate. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yes. I, I, and you can just, you, it's palpable when you see the two of you guys in like a photograph or on social media, you can just feel just uh, warms my heart. I, I love it. One of these days I'm going to come across the pond and I'm going to hug the two of you. <laughs> <laughs> You're invited anytime. <laughs> All right. Okay. So on this, on this journey of balancing out the, and and chasing joy and saying yes to joy and the awareness and all the things, there's been some, some shifts and changes in, in your business. So let's talk about that because I have had the good fortune of being inside of what the heck to post and seeing so much value and all the things that are there to support people in growing their businesses. And there, there's a whole wide world of things happening. Give me an update. I, I need to hear about this. Yeah. Okay. So when I shut down my agency, what I was going all in on is was my membership called What the Heck to Post. And like what the name sounds like, it was a member, a content membership to give you templates and prompts and like strategic templates and prompts around what the heck to post, right? And it was really designed to be a partner for a coach who struggles to be consistent and struggles to be strategic. Now, since then, what the heck to post has turned into a place with way more than just support for social media. We have classes on all kinds of marketing topics like email marketing and brand building in general. We created a pitch database where we have actually gathered podcast pitch information and all kinds of podcasts for coaches so that you can go there, find someone to collaborate with, or find a podcast to pitch you. All the contact information is listed so that you don't have to spend hours on Google trying to like find updated email addresses and all those things. Um, so we've created this pitch database. So you can literally go in there and say, I am a health coach. I want to have conversations about this. Who should I be pitching to? And just click search and it'll generate people that we have discovered for you. Now, this is being built based off of what our members are asking for. So our members will email us and say, this is the, these are a list of the podcasts that I want to get on. I don't like, can you help me find their information? We find the information, we update our database. So this is an ever growing um, database. Hopefully by the end of the year, it's going to have hundreds of places that you can pitch to. But the point of this is, I have realized we are no longer just helping people with social media. We're helping people with all kinds of organic marketing. And what the heck to post is very limiting. It makes it seem like all we talk about is social media, which is where my expertise began. But it definitely over the last few years is not where it has stayed, right? We've branched out. So we are turning what the heck to post into the go-to coach club uh, where you can find everything you need to become the go-to coach in your niche, 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 or niche. Would you say niche or niche? 
I don't know, niche, niche, niche. I don't know. I think it just comes out. However, it, you know, yes. today it's potato tomorrow. It's potato. I don't know. <laughs> I know I change every single time. Okay. It's, it's but- how you're feeling. Are you feeling bougie? Cause if you're feeling a little bougie, it is the niche. Uh, okay. <laughs> and if you're feeling like you're just getting down to business, you got a niche down. You got a niche down. <laughs> That's so true. I'm going to say niche because I like that bougie energy, Um, but it's all the resources you need to become a go-to expert in your niche. Uh, You have, again, a pitch database to grow your network so you can grow your audience. You have content to position yourself as an authority, and you have breakthrough calls and live coaching calls with me so that you can strategize and get really intentional about how the heck you are showing up online. I call this the Kajabi of organic marketing because I'm become back to the, how we started this conversation. So aware of how, where I was just like literally spending just energy that didn't need to be spent, or it was just not being intentionally done. So I've really tried to create a formula for becoming an authority, you know, in in your industry and the resources that I think people need. And if all they did was just focus on these things and are really consistent with these things, they would build that, you know, go-to coach factor. So that's what we're transitioning to. We're turning from what the heck to post to the go-to coach club where what the heck to post will be a part of, but it's no longer the entire thing. I am so excited for this. I can't, I just can't even wrap my head around how this is going to like how much this is going to serve the you know, coaches on the online community and really helping them grow their business. And when I hearing you talk about it, when I what I keep thinking is, is how much money so many of us, me included, have invested in so many different crazy expensive courses and different things, just trying to find the solution to something. And what it sounds like is this is going to be a a way for people to come and really get what they need. And not necessarily have to to spend <laughs> like the fifty hundred thousand dollars um in different investments and self-diagnosis to find out that that wasn't even what you needed in the end it was just really a really consistent organic marketing strategy yeah i I think that we are on a trend of simplifying and coming back to basics. I think a lot of people are realizing, wow, I really went the shiny object. I really went towards the shiny object syndrome over the last few years, because even with Instagram, to be honest, like I I love Instagram. I I swear by it. I know so many people who have built amazing brands on Instagram. However, like, just look at them, right? The amount of announcements, um, Missouri, I don't even know how to pronounce his real name. I think that's, I think that's how you pronounce his last name the amount of announcements he has like, oh, we're prioritizing video. And then this week he said, we're no longer prioritizing video. We're doing this. Oh, we've added this new feature. And then the feature eventually disappears. We've added this new feature. Now there's this new, I mean, it is like, I get such whiplash. I can barely keep track of all of the changes that are happening online. And so now I, and this is how I've been going this whole time. I no longer am thinking about it. There is like, come back to basics. The basics are in order to grow your business, 
this has always been the case. This is not new. It is all about relationships, relationships with your ideal client, relationships with a network who has built an audience with your ideal client and how you can better serve those people. Like if we come down to everything we do is about how we create relationships, nurture relationships, pitch to relationships, expand on relationships. It all comes down to that it simplifies so many things, right? Because now it's not about how many likes a post got. It's about how many conversations you've had that day. It's not about how many new followers you have from that month. It's about how many people you pitch to so you can physically put yourself in front of new audiences, right? Because even if two, three people discover you from a new audience, they are way more likely to convert because they saw you do an hour talk than if you they see some random freaking reel where you pretended to be Steve Carell that went viral and they decided to follow you randomly, but they don't really know who the fuck you are, you know? So it all, like, if we can just strip back and really identify what makes a difference. And I promise you, I have been, I have so many episodes now inside of Marketing Unfiltered. And that is a question I ask every guest. If you could start over from the beginning, no business, no audience, no, none of those things. You just know everything you know today. How would you get clients? And a hundred percent of people have said something related to their relationships, whether they would ask for referrals, whether they would pitch to be guest experts, they have all said something about their relationships. So the proof is in the pudding. We are overcomplicating this shit, right? Yeah. It doesn't matter if the algorithm is prioritizing video or photos, like they both serve a different purpose, do both at all times. But are you nurturing relationships? Because if you're not, none of that shit matters. Oh, nailed it. Yeah. And the, I mean, I think that the reason everybody got so caught up in that is that got caught up with the idea almost of, you know, making things easier, right? It's like, you can't, you can't skip to the good part without the relationship piece, right? You can't have the the doors flooded open with clients and requests without an actual personal relationship. And so people got sucked into this idea that, oh, I can put a post up and it's going to reach hundreds of thousands of people and make it all these people and my business is going to explode. I'm going to make all the money. And without like, oh, doesn't that all sound like way too good to be true? And if it sounds way too good to be true, uh, it is. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And also why isn't everyone having that result then? Like if that was really how it worked, then literally everyone you talk to would be a millionaire from one post. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. So I was actually just watching, I was on Instagram and I, I really like Alex Hermosi. I don't know if you watch his stuff at all or not. He's like that acquisite him and his wife, Leela. He just did, he had this thing. It was called gym something. I don't gym meet. I don't know. He had like, he sold the gyms and made Jim's successful, right? And he's now like off the charts, right? He's like, wow. Yeah, you'll have to check him out. But he basically just said, people were like, oh, it's so easy for you because you have this huge audience. And he's like, dude, I, this has literally been in like the last six months where you guys have noticed and seen all of my stuff. Go back and look, my podcast is seven years old or six years old or something. And listen to my first, you know, hundred episodes. They were all me talking about gyms and how to make sales in gyms. And now I'm teaching you guys how to do all of these other things, but that was six years ago. So, and I was focusing, he was focused on relationships inside of gyms at that point. Yes. 1000%. And I also think there, there's also a reminder that we are spending too much time on our freaking content too. Like I'm not saying content doesn't matter. I'm not saying content's not an important part of the puzzle, But you do need to be thinking about 
making sure that you're not spending more than, I'm just going to throw a random number out there. This isn't necessarily going to be everyone's number, but like, I would say like 30 to 45 minutes on a post maximum, right? Like, like that's like a long day, right? I think people spend hours and hours and hours on a post. And what I have keep coming back to is like, honestly, it doesn't matter how long you spend on the post. If the message is not there, the message is not there, right? So instead, I would rather you spend less time on a post, get stuff out there so it, you're not so bogged down and burnt out and you can actually be consistent for six years. Like Alex, like you said that Alex was, right? Hermosi, Hermosi. Hermosi. Yeah, I, I don't know, maybe that's how you say his name. I don't, who knows? <laughs> But like he was consistent for six freaking years. And I am going to bet if we were to rewind, he's probably like, there has probably been times in those six years where he's like, oh my, like, is this ever going to hit? Is this ever going to take off? Is my vision ever going to become my vision? Like, like what's going on here, right? Because this is what we all do. And then there's just a point where, like he said, six months ago, now everyone's aware of his stuff now. And everyone thinks he's just been doing this forever and just been successful forever. When the truth is, for years, he was showing up consistently, building those relationships. And I, like, I don't know his posting schedule and I'm not going to comment on it, but for most of us, we cannot be spending three hours on a post every single day. We will get so burnt out. We will get resentful of the platform. We will think the problem is social media and not the time we're spending on it because we'll think this is what we need to do to get to be successful. So for me, like a big thing that I, one of the reasons why actually we created what the heck to post, which is going to be part of the go-to coach club is because I was like, okay, you need tools to spend less time creating content. You need strategic content prompts, ways to pull out your message. So it's palpable, a template so that you don't, you look like you have a designer, but you're not doing any of the designing. Like we need to take all that time you post and spend on creating content, put it down into something that's like 30 minutes maximum of posts on average, our members spend an hour and a half a week on their creating content, right? A week. So that's five to seven posts, no longer than an hour and a half. And the reason that this is so important is because now you have that energy and that space to build relationships. Because right now we're thinking the content is building the relationships. People are going to discover us from our content and they're going to talk to us. No, you need to be making the first move. You need to be pitching. You need to be putting yourself out there. You need to be like talking to strangers on the internet, not cold damning. I'm not saying that just like creating opportunities to talk to strangers on the internet. And that is beyond the posts. Really, you have to be asking yourself when you post, what are you doing after? Because if the answer is nothing except responding to comments, that's not enough. That's relying on your content to do all the work, but actually you need to be having strategies in place. So you need to spend less time creating content so that you can do all the other stuff to make your content actually work for you. Oh, so good. That was like a whole lesson just right in there beyond the post. <laughs> oh my God. I love that actually. <laughs> oh my God. I feel like it's a whole masterclass beyond the post or whole podcast, a whole, a whole, whole month's worth of trainings coming now beyond, beyond the post. Stay like tuned. <laughs> So good. Okay. So focusing on relationships, you have a, a lot coming with this go-to coach club, which is going to have so many resources. I can already, I can already see it. I can feel it. I have a question for you. Have you joined the super expander free mentorship community? If not, what are you waiting for? Stop what you're doing right now and text the word mentor to 
202-918-3235. Text the word mentor to 202-918-3235. I send out weekly tips and inspiration to help you grow your business, to step into your wealthiest, most highest self, to harness your full potential and live an exceptional and extraordinary life. And the best part is it's really me sending those messages. So text me, say hello, and send me your questions. Let's talk a little bit about you offer something else, which are VIP days, which I'm like right now, I'm like, I feel like I need to, we need to talk about calendars and schedules. Cause I think I need to, to schedule on to create a more cohesive strategy in my world. But so tell me what does a VIP day look like for someone and what would be something somebody might focus on inside of a VIP day? Yeah. Great question. So VIP days, to be honest, like they can be whatever the person needs, right? We, we set up like a 15 to 30 minute call before a VIP day. And that, that is just to iron out a schedule so that none of your time is being spent on creating, like, what are we going to talk about today? It's like, we do that all ahead of time. So that like that our like time is purely to getting shit done. Um, so, but it can be whatever someone is really trying to tackle any big picture item, particularly, and we have a half VIP day um, and a full VIP day. And I'll talk about how long those are as well in a second, but essentially people have used it to create launch content, right. To kind of analyze their Q1 and create a a plan for Q2. Um, Like anything that feels like really big picture and like some, like a foundational piece is a great thing to tackle in a VIP day. Uh, a lot of people have come on saying, I just need an overhaul. I need a new Instagram bio. I need, I need a new, like a rebrand. None of my content feels aligned. I need to have just like a concentrated session where all we are doing together is brainstorming high level content um, that feels exciting for my ideal audience. So we can spend the entire time. Like I have several exercises that I take people through to just pull content ideas out you and, and create like a whole content library for you to, to get the juices flowing and feel like you can show up consistently in a way that you're like, yeah, my audience would really dig this shit. (laughs) So, I mean, it it can be anything there. Um, and in terms of the difference, like a a full VIP day is like I said, a 15 to 30 minute pre-call where we talk about our schedule so that nothing is taken out of your VIP day. And then we have a five hour call where it's just us working on shit, like getting shit done. And then after your call, we wait 30 days and then we have another hour long call. And the reason is because what always happens is people are like, oh my God, I feel so good. This, I got so much shit done. I feel so clear. I'm so excited. Then they leave and they sit down by themselves and they're like, what the fuck did we talk about it? Oh my God. I feel overwhelmed. I don't remember this didn't work. Oh no, this, I forgot to ask her this question. So now this part doesn't make sense. Right. So it's like, you know, you, you start to feel and half the time it's just your self-doubt and you questioning yourself. But so often you start to question like, oh no, this isn't working the way I envisioned it. So we have that call for us to, all right, what came up, right? Since we started talking, what's all the the bullshit stuff that just came up that made you feel like, "Uh uh-oh, I'm feeling stuck again. So then we can iron out those last things and then you are typically good to go right after that. So that's a full VIP day. And then the half day is all the same, except we have a three hour chunk where we get shit done and then no hour long follow-up after. So that's the half and the full. So what I just heard is I need a 
<laughs> VIP day and a half VIP day actually every <laughs> quarter. That's just what I heard. So <laughs> that's actually what I just heard. I'm like, oh, so you dive in, you get a bunch of stuff done in one chunk. You're going to drop the ball because you're human, but you get yep. a little tune-up call and then you probably need a, a half to get you back squared away again. And then a reassessment in the next <laughs> quarter. I'm fairly certain that's what I, I think you just maybe solved my, my, I think that just like solved my whole problem. So, we'll you know, talking about I, I do actually have people that do like a, a quarterly VIP day and it's yeah, kind it of sounds just like, like a, yeah, get, get all the shit out, like get, get a little bit, a huge, a huge plan. And then, as you said, like kind of, you know, that's like the start of a quarter and then like somewhere one month in or halfway through the, that quarter, all the shit comes up and then they're like tune up and then they carry through the rest of the quarter. Like that does happen a lot where we have one every quarter. So yeah, that's kind of <laughs> that's feeling like that's the, the solution. Well, especially I think is where you get to a certain place in your business too, where it's like, you don't necessarily need, cause I, I so I think we all get to a place in our business where it's like, you need some kind of an anchor, right. And someone to bounce ideas off of and to kind of like, bring you back down to earth too. Cause I, as entrepreneurs, we can have like 8 million trillion different thoughts. And so one is to have someone pull you back down and be like, let's just focus on this one thing. These other like shiny things that that's cool. I'm glad you got excited about them, but like, let's push those out of the way. Let's keep your eye on the prize. This was what your target was. And this is how we're going to keep all of those dots connected and cohesive and moving, moving along. A hundred percent. Like, and that is actually one of the things, you know, again, coming back to like how we started this conversation about the joy and the, like, one of the things that I realized was not making me happy is that I was putting, I love brainstorming. I love strategizing. It's like my favorite thing to do, but I had no one in my business whose job it was to help with that, to support with that because brainstorming by myself is one thing brainstorming with someone else where I'm like, spitballing ideas and, and, and working on something together, right? Like that feels like a collaborative experience. It feels fun, exciting. I I'm from a, I'm a former actor. So like theater was a big part of my life and theater is an entirely a collaboration, right? And so I think that's like part of something that brings me joy. I like working on projects with people. Even if the project is mine, I want someone who's excited and invested in what we're creating. So when I went to hire, I was looking for a VA, right? My most recent hire, I was just looking for another VA, a great VA to help take things off my plate. And someone was like, Sophia, you love brainstorming and coming up with big picture plans. And you feel overwhelmed because like, it's all on your shoulders and on your shoulders alone. Like the part that you've have so much fun with like doing is not happening in your business. You enjoy doing that with other people's businesses because you're doing it with them, right? You need that for you. So she was like, what if you hired an OBM? And I'm, I'm like embarrassed to say this. I didn't even really know what an OBM was. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was like, I just thought an OBM was just like a more expensive VA. And like, and I was just so confused by that, right? But when I started looking for an OBM, I realized, oh my God, this is such another example of in bringing, like making an effort to have more joy in my day-to-day -day business life because now I am being very intentional about who I'm hiring, very intentional about my team, very intentional about how they support me and not just taking things off my plate, but how to change the experience of the things that are already on my plate. 
And so even that little shift, I can't even remember how we got into the OBM and all that stuff, but, but like, you know, oh yeah, needing someone to anchor yourself and brainstorm with someone like, like that also being conscious about who you're hiring for your business is such a big part of bringing joy into your business as well. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, because I think we can all start to get hung up on an idea that maybe you're not good at something. And sometimes it's not that you're not good at something. You just don't have the time and space to do it or the clarity on the steps that you actually need to take action on. Like I actually used to think that, um, I wasn't a good writer, so I couldn't write or like my posts, the captions in my posts or writing for blogs. I was like, I just like, I just like can't even do it. And it wasn't that I just didn't have the time and space to actually do the thing. And when you start to create the space to be able to do it through support and the cohesive clarity of like the journey that you need to go on, then all of a sudden you can start to show up and do these things that you thought that maybe you weren't necessarily good at. That is so, so true. I cannot believe that you thought you weren't a good writer too. <laughs> like, I love your posts. Like, are, are you writing your posts or is that something that you? Oh no, with? I write them now. I, I, there, I took a, I hired someone for a while to do it. And cause I was like, I am not good at this. I'm terrible at it. I hate it. And, and then I started to lose a complete touch with with my audience and all of the things. Huge. And I found myself feeling really frustrated with, I'm like, it's not getting traction. Like my feed looks pretty, which my yep. feed doesn't look so pretty anymore, but it, <laughs> <laughs> my feed looked pretty, but it wasn't resonating. It was just like, people are going to just keep scrolling past it. Cause there was no essence of me or any of my business that was actually in there. They were just like checking boxes and not to the, it wasn't to the fault of the person who was writing my post. It was, there was just no essence to it. A hundred percent. Yeah. You took your, you removed yourself from social media. And as it says in the name, that's like the whole point is for you to be connected with the people who are there. So I think that's such a powerful revelation. And actually it's another big reason I shut down my agency because I realized after a while, I was so good at pretending to be these people, right? Like I was so good at writing content for them. I was so good at bringing out their voice because I was an actor. I, I know how to do that. Like I can do that. However, I was not helping them really like, because they were disconnected from their brand, disconnected from the people that were following them. Um, and I saw when the people that I shifted how I did things with, and I made it a complete collaboration where I was like, you have got to show up every single day. This is what you're doing. I'll do this part, but th you have got to be there. When I made that a, you got to do this thing, their results went, were so much better than the people that just wanted to delegate to me hundred percent. So when I saw that revel, like that, when I had that realization, I was like, this business is not helping anyone, not helping me, not helping them. <laughs> like, so that's one of the reasons, again, why I went all in on what the heck to post and helping other people do their marketing, because it's such a big part of it. Like removing yourself from the process is not helping anyone. And I just, I think that's really great. You realize that because I've definitely noticed a difference in your content for sure. Oh, well, thank you. It's kind of that whole adage, right? If you give a man a fish or teach a man a fish, right? It's like the whole whole, whole thing there. And I was looking for the easy way out. Cause I wasn't, I wasn't enjoying it. And at that time, but then I realized that it was just a time and space situation. I didn't have it, have the time and space to actually sit down and focus and like tap into your voice. Also, I think too, is like, you just start to refine your message all across the board too. It's like, I think as online business owners, we, 
we want someone to be like, well, what's my message, right? That was me. I'm like, well, so what, like, what do I need to post? What do I need to talk about to be like, for it to be sticky? And it's, someone can't give that to you. You have to uncover it and find it for yourself. Amen. Snapping my fingers because clapping would be really loud. <laughs> I mean, I would, I wanted someone. I was like, I will, I will pay any amount of money if you just give it to me, please. A hundred percent. Yeah. And yeah. I tried and it turned out that that didn't work. And here we are. Um <laughs> Oh my gosh. So I'm, I'm actually, I'm so excited for all that is to, to come inside of, of the, the go-to coach club. It's going to be like the hottest spot in town. I just know it. I hope so. Yeah. I hope it's going to be like where you go for happy hour drinks. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. That's, uh, there's going to be like, Oh, I, I have this, this big vision for you. It's, and it's not, it's not, it's not even my thing. And all of a sudden I'm like, oh, I have all these great ideas for you. <laughs> Oh my God. I'm like, I want them like for sure. Like I feel, I, I do feel really excited about it. Obviously like doing anything new is always nerve wracking. You know what I mean? And like, I find myself getting like caught up in all the things like, Oh, is this uh, the wrong choices that am I, can I do this? This is so much bigger than what I originally wanted. Like, is this a lot, like all the things, but I'm also in, in addition to the whole choosing your joy thing, really trying to shorten the time period that it takes for me to overthink things. Because I used to let myself overthink forever. Like I was like, until I feel awesome about this, I will continue to overthink it because I thought like overthinking it was like in service to me. It was like, no, I'm just like looking at all the angles and poking all the holes. And in eight months to a year to three years, maybe, which has happened to most of my projects, um, I will feel really good about it. And that's when I will go. Right. And I've noticed that's like the opposite. Usually when you're really excited about it and you just like take action on it before you're hundred percent ready, that's actually the best time to do something. So I'm working really hard on just getting shit out there. When I have the idea, like taking action on it, especially if I'm excited about it and not letting myself like think things through, of course, because there's certain logistics, everything needs to be, you know, considered, however, not to a point where I'm overthinking and I've become very good at knowing the difference, but it took a while for me to be like, no, Sophia, you're not going to do this anymore. This is a habit. This is another one of the stupid habits that you picked up <laughs> that you need to stop. Yes. I think that's, um, that's sort of like the underlying foundations of messy action, right? It's kind of like, yeah. just, just dive in and start doing. And if you decide you don't like it or it's the wrong thing, you can just stop. Um, you can refine it. You can shift it. You can change it. You can perfect it, but just start, just start doing. Just start doing. Just yep. start doing. Okay. I, I love it. All right. So let's talk a little bit about how everyone who is listening now clamoring to become a part of the go-to coach club. How can they get into, how can they get into your world? Oh my gosh. You know, you know what I just realized? I still haven't decided on our URL to go where you're going to go join what the, or join the go-to coach coach club. So I might have to get back to you on our go-to coach club URL, but no matter what, if you go to what the we will have a redirect. <laughs> so just go to what the there will be a landing page where you can learn more about the GoTo Coach Club and join us um, to be a member. Um, so yeah, that's where you can go. Also, I'm on Instagram. I am very good about my DMs. I love connecting with you. So I'm over at Sophia Para. And um, I have a podcast. 
marketing unfiltered. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, all the ways you don't have to have the URL handy right now because there's all the ways they can find it on your social media page. Uh, I'm sure there will be a link in there as soon as it is ready. They can come say hi. You love relationships. So there's, there's that of course. So go try to say hello, um, start a conversation, you know, on this social media platform and for the love of God, go and listen to Sophia's podcast, marketing unfiltered. It is so much fun. You might be able to uh, engage in a fun little drinking game or some kind of game that's going on uh, <laughs> on the podcast there. And make sure when you do that, you stop and you leave a, a review for her five-star review or hit the five stars and write a review because you know, that's the best way to say thank you uh, for all of the wisdom that she has shared here inside of the Super Expander podcast, but also on, on her. So go check it out. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here today. If there was like one little juicy nugget that you might want to leave everybody with, what would it be? Okay. This just came to me so clearly and I don't know where it came from, but this feels very important. I personally think everyone needs to ask themselves, if I weren't afraid of what people were thinking about me, how would I show up today? Because I have noticed so often when people come to me being like, oh, I want to create punchier content. Oh, I want to be known for this. Oh, I want to do that. Like so often when we really dig into why aren't, why are we not taking action on this? Why are you procrastinating on this? It's so rooted in, I'm like being afraid of what someone's going to think about them, whether that be someone in their family, someone online their coach. I, for the longest time, my coach thought social media was the stupidest thing ever. And she made it really clear that like, <laughs> like so many of the things that I was doing, she just thought were like such a waste of time. And I was constantly, cause I loved this coach and I was constantly like, like, Oh my God, what would she say if she saw what I was posting right now? I was always thinking about her. Right. And so when I realized this and I started asking myself this question and that getting answers from myself, like letting myself answer that question, and I started saying yes to showing up in that way. And let me tell you something. I feel like when people ask themselves this question, how would you show up today if you weren't afraid what people thought of you? Um, that there's something in how you answer that question that is the secret sauce to what you bring to this world. There's something in there that's going to make you stand apart from someone else. And asking yourself that question is the first step to getting clarity on what that is. Oh, that was so good. She literally just gave you how to find your own secret sauce. So listen to that again, if you need to, because it was, it was pure, pure gold. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much. It's always a pleasure. I can't wait till we're, we have you back here again and find out all the things that are shifted, changed, grown, expanded, all the joy that you're experiencing and all the immensely fun, amazing things happening inside of the, the go-to coach club. I can't wait. We're going to have to make this like an annual thing. <laughs> I know. Well, who, who knows? Maybe, maybe we'll make it a quarterly thing along with my VIP days. <laughs> <laughs> Sign me up. Sign I'm me up. down. All right. We will catch you on the next episode. If you like what you heard, stop, drop, and leave a five-star review and hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. As always, the best way that you can thank our amazing guests is to share your biggest takeaway and then tag us on social media.